more than like two gentlemen, pictures a day. Gentlemen, 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 can we can we can we have your update of Final Fantasy 15 on the podcast when we do when we actually are are talking about talking about video games? Can we do that? Is that a thing? I say no, no, we can't do that. Damn, Drew, you always sound like you're a preacher, man. Rangers on the internet, deep in discussion with the eldritch forces of the cosmos. Welcome to another episode of Nitwick, the podcast about friends and video games. Yes, friends, video games. This week's topic is gaming journalism, where we will be talking all about the ways we discuss and report on games. It's gonna be a riot. Preach. It's gonna be grand. It's gonna make us think and expand our minds in new, glorious, mischievous ways. But before we get to that, I have just two things to say. My name is Andrew Fasciano, and a fun fact about myself. When I read the Sunday comics, my favorite comic is Zitz. The fun little bit about a teenager growing up in a world full of... Full of... I don't know, it's pretty pretty basic, actually. That's the entire premise. I got nowhere to go with that. So... Yeah, Zitz is pretty... pretty run-the-mill. I, I, I like it, though. Teens. Look at teens, though. Wait, which one is teen? I think I used to. No, Zitz is like, like all, like, check out this teen drama or something, or teen, teen It's basically like, kind of it's thing. making fun of teen angst continuously. But he was, yes, but like, when I was reading the funnies all the time, I was kind of in the right age group at the right time, and so of my choices, it worked pretty dang well. Hmm, hmm, that so, makes sense. And I like it. Uh, hello, my name is Adam, uh, and my favorite Sunday comic probably be the peanuts i really like like snoopy and charlie brown and all that oh. those are pretty fun it's classic well, it's classic yeah uh the only other, i don't really see the thing is i don't really read the sunday comics much it's kind of mm. I, I remember reading peanuts a while back or like calvin and Hobbes a while back but that's about it not really recently see calvin and Hobbes wasn't in circulation under my sunday slot so i can't count it like there's all these really good serialized comics but because they weren't part of my sunday slate i don't get to talk about them hmm. so Makes me sad. Makes me sad, man. Mm-hmm. Sad. Mystery Anyways. Stranger 3. Hi there. Uh, my name is Zach, and my favorite Someday comic, I was going to say Peanuts, but I got stolen from me. Uh, I guess I forget I the mean, name of it, but that family comic that's just like a single circular panel. Wait, Family Circus? What? Which one? F- family Circus? Family Circus, thank you. I think that's Family Circus. I don't really know, man. <laughs> You I know, only really, you... I, and I have to admit, like, I only really like Family Circus because of the online remixes. Wait, there, I didn't know there were online remixes. Yep. How do they, how are they, how do they remix? Um, shit gets wild, yo. That doesn't explain anything. What do you mean the Sunday remixes? Shit gets wild. No, uh, That's, basically, it, like, people go online vague. and they He's do, like. He's just being vague, Adam. They, they do meme edits means. of Family Circus comics. Hmm. Uh, mm, mm. All right, well. They like just put them. That. They they like redo the text to make it inappropriate, not a context. Well, well not that's context, cheating. That's cheating. I don't know. It's it's the only one that I've seen like enter the realm of the internet to any significant degree. Well, but like, did and you ever take the, the paper? World. I live oh. in the internet realm. Oh, Zach's Zach's oh, man, digital. He lives, he lives in the digital realm, bro. Mm, lives, d- living d- in that digiverse. No, that's your thing. That's that's your thing. That's your thing. We're not doing that thing anymore. Wow, wow, Zach, are you a Digimon? Digimon, digital monsters. I forget the rest of that line, actually. But 
Um, How can you forget the Digimon theme? It's so catchy and important. It's also relatively Um, straightforward. It's I think it's like two lines, isn't it? Like Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon are the champions. Yeah, and then there's some other like something about saving the world, but that's about it. That's all I got. Yeah, there's like uh, I could sing it right now, but I don't want it because we gotta get going. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Uh, Shall we move on to weeks? Is that yeah? We're gonna have some very long weeks this week. It's true. Drew, how was your week? Oh, let's see here. This this week was... Things are going all over the gosh dang place. Um, but it was Thanksgiving week slash weekend. So, you know, I had I had a lot of lovely food. Um, had some turkey. Had a big old lasagna. Got to see my family, my brother. We played, you know, many a game. Um, that was good. That was all said and done. Uh, obviously all of my friends were also in town too. Well, some of them, a good chunk of them, and I got to meet up with them and hang out, do the general refresh thing that I was kind of feeling, kind of needing. Um, even got my car cleaned. Got my car cleaned for once, which was very rare and strange. Um, so that's what's going on. That's what's going on there. Now Uh, it's all sparkly and shiny. I mean, as, as much as can be expected. Then, like, the day after, it actually is raining. So it's kind of like, oh, well, okay, that's great. Um, that's you get a second free car wash now. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. A second free car wash. Um, so, yeah, done that. Done that. Uh, games. Moving on to the games that I done played. Um, I am going through Kingdom Hearts 2 pretty hard right now. Um, and just... Did you just skip one, or...? Well, no, because what it is, is I got that remix version on the PS4, because my PS4 lives now. Hooray. It is alive! It is alive and well, and I'm loving it. And the thing of it is, is one is, you know, it's it's arguably the better of the core Kingdom Hearts games, but two is like a bit more modern, and I was just more interested in the stuff they added for the final mixed version, because there's a lot of new bonus material. Mm -hmm. And... So I'm going through that. I've actually run into some of the new stuff. It's very cool for me. And I I have this weird cycle of like going through like, ah, yes, now that I'm older, this thing is uh, not not the greatest. There are some glaring flaws in the way they're putting worlds together. And then those will completely flip around and I'll be really surprised and shocked at how good some of the other systems in the game are. Like... Mm. Like, the combat is actually super well-paced. There's a lot of, like, a very good drip feed of, like, new abilities and things you can do. Uh, the worlds for a PlayStation 2 game are weirdly detailed and super nicely animated. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just I'm having a lot I of mean, fun. Go ahead. You know, you, you, you can make fun of it for, like, how many times it got re-released and all that, and we do, but, like... Kingdom Hearts are pretty good games. Like, I I thought all of them were pretty good games. Oh, no, they are. They are. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, because I go in expecting the goofy, campy story that is bizarre and sort of makes most sense, like, because I'm going through it again, I'm kind of realizing that, yes, the story is ridiculous, but so is the entire premise that you're going to have a cartoon duck um, fighting what is effectively a series of demons in Port Royale with Jack Sparrow's voice double okay. and some anime kid and you're all shooting lightning like the entire thing is ridiculous so why not have a ridiculous story to match it like it, I, mm-hmm. I'm starting to appreciate I think it was that. definitely it was definitely about Kingdom Hearts 2 where it like 
I think somebody's like, you know what this could use? This could use a little bit of anime. Oh no! I dropped the entire bottle in! No, it's too anime now! <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Oh my god. Actually, I was I was talking to this with someone. Um, playing through the beginning section, you don't play as Sora. You play as this sort of like... I don't... You play as Raxus. You play as Raxus, who is Sora's nobody, but he doesn't know that. And the extended tutorial is basically this weird short story about him finding out that he's not a real person and he's living mm. in a fake world. And it's like the way it's like put together feels like a very strange Twilight Zone or David Lynchian thing. Like it's, it's yeah. all very weird like, and like like strangely interesting. And then we get to the goofy shit. <laughs> that's the thing. Ro that bit with Roxas... Uh, I personally think it lasts a bit too long. Like, mm -hmm. it asks you to... Because, like, Zach, did you... I don't know if you played King Wars 2, but, like, I this tutorial, it, it's not, like... It's not, like, really quick with, like, a quick story. This thing can take, like, maybe an hour or maybe an hour and a half, depending on how, in, like... That's... How much you want to do stuff. But it's, like, really compelling. Like, it's, like, really interesting to, like, hey. see this character and stuff. But it's hey, just... Adam. What? I am the person who's okay with the Persona 5 intro. Then, I don't know. I don't know how it invalidates what I just said. It was just like, like oh, it's, it's just, Five had a had a good intro anyway. It had a good. I'm intro. just saying, like, like I was I was willing to tutorialize my get. Sorry, I was willing to wait for the full tutorials. Uh, three hours in, <laughs> it's hmm. like. Either way, I was just saying it's like it has a really good. I don't know. I like that bit with Roxas, and yeah, it's like as soon as that finishes, then it gets like we gotta save people and destiny and stuff. Like what the? F There's what a tonal my... shift that is so dramatic, and you're just kind of left wondering how did this happen? Like how what did this intro my... bit get thrown into this other bit? Ah. Like, there's, a definite, there's definitely a part where it's like, what happened to my existential angst thing? <laughs> uh, am I even real? Oh, I guess we gotta go to Disneyland now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, which yeah. kind of makes it all the darker of like, hey, here's this terrible scenario. Ignore it! You're in Disneyland! Everything's great! Wait, oh, what, man, what, that what is... about my what about my, my, my conflict of, of existence? Don't worry about it, man! Donald Duck's here! They'll figure it out in post, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they never got to post, as it turns out. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, no, that was my week in a nutshell. Um, let us move on to you, Adam. Did you have a week? Did you have seven whole days? Was there any turkey involved at all? Oh, man. Uh, let's see. I had... So, since we last recorded, I've had three different Thanksgiving meal things. Damn. Ah. Uh, we had a potluck at work. Nice. We had a potluck with all of our friends. Um mm. The three of us and all of our other buddies had this big potluck. Um, and then I had Thanksgiving dinner. All of them were really good. I have eaten way too much these past few weeks. Um, yeah. Because right, then uh, right after Thanksgiving, it was my birthday. So we went out oh. for my birthday dinner. And then we went and ate a bunch of really good German food. And it was like, that's also really filling. So I feel like I shouldn't eat for a while after like Thanksgiving. But now Christmas is coming. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh my gracious. No, I, it's I just a lot of food. I forget that you have like all these meals packed together. Um, happy happy birthday again, BT Dubs. Happy the oh, birthday thanks. to you. Right. Happy birthday, Adam. Did you enjoy my Facebook message to you? I need to know. I did enjoy your Facebook <laughs> okay. message, and I enjoy. I so Drew texts me at some point. Uh, two pictures of chalk drawings. That's one is happy birthday, Adam, and then the next one was a very uh goofy looking Dante. 
that says have a sen- sensational birthday. I was like, <laughs> all right, these are pretty good. Yeah, that's 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 pretty damn good. Where where did you draw that, Drew? Um, there's a there's a place close by to where I where I live where they just have a bunch of chalk outside for customers while they're waiting to get their food. And I was mm. passing by it and I was like, oh, I've got a good old idea. And I just grabbed the last bit of blue, a big old thing of orange, and was like, yeah, yeah, here's an empty spot. Going to town. Whoop-de-diddle. There you are. That's my story. <laughs> well, uh, wait a it. second. Wait a second. Did, did you, you, you went to eat there, right? Um, no, no, it's, it's basically like a public hangout spot. Like, oh. you can, but like, you, it's also like next to a little parklet. So it's just sort of like a bunch of people hanging out, talking about life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and maybe having like a cookie. I don't know. And, and chalk. Yes. Is the chalk lot. edible? Uh, you know, I haven't tried yet. Hmm. Do some reconnaissance for me. We gotta find out if this is edible chalk. You said reconnaissance. I heard ricotta, so I'm feeling pretty good about this. I'm feeling like it's give me some out. ricotta <laughs> from this chalk. Oh my goodness! No. Uh, so what else have I done? Uh, so I did all of the Thanksgiving festivities and all that. Um, in terms of games, uh, I took this time to play a bunch of P5. That's going well. Oh wait. How? Uh, I th- I think I'm reaching the end. Because I'm getting to a point where, like, I'm really not entirely sure. I, I so how do I put this? So I've I've like still like spoiler dodged most of this thing, most of this game. But it's kind right. of reaching the point where some things are getting through or some things are getting implied. And it's like, oh, there's something happens towards the end. Is like, oh, I'm getting towards the end of like this this I, part this part of the game. I, I, am I near the end or is this like where it's going to well, take a huge what, shift? What day is it? So. Uh, we just finished the school trip. Oh, okay. So don't yeah. say anything more because I don't want to know how much is left. But I'm kind of getting a sense like, uh, all right, something must be going on soon. Yeah. Um. I can I say one? It's a small thing. Um, no, not even at all. Well, no. It was, this was the feeling I, that I had. This is the feeling I, I had when I got to this mm. point in the game. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, I hit this point in the game, and uh, just like you, I was like. Shit's gonna get wild, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, like we're we're going to the next tier here. So, uh, Persona Five's been really good. Um, I was playing some of that there, a little bit of Overwatch to play with uh, to play as Moira. That's been Ooh. fun. Tell me your thoughts on uh, Moira. I have not gotten that experience yet. All right, so Moira is probably one of the most fun characters I've ever played as uh, in Overwatch. She's really cool. Ooh, um, what do you like? She's about got her? this whole kind of like she has to do damage to get healing, and then she can heal the team. Uh, you know her. She has this like fade ability that's actually like way way stronger than I thought it was gonna be. Oh yeah, um, no, it's basically just a get out of jail free card. Yeah, but like the things you can do. So when you hit when you hit the fade ability, it's not like you just become intangible like Reapers like right, right. form. This is you hit shift. And you have two seconds to move around with accelerated movement. Now, the problem is, you can get yourself into some really goofy spots with this thing. Like, there are some jumps oh. you can do just because you have so much more movement. Ooh, that's cool. Oh, boy. That's cool. Um, but she's fun. Uh, I've enjoyed all of the new Moira mains thinking, oh, I'll just do, I'll just be DPS and never heal. Like, No. I mean, great. I don't see that very often, I'll be honest. Oh, uh, I was seeing it a lot of people, like when moira first came out it was like this is great i can't wait to not be healed as everybody tries to do damage 
Well, I mean, people uh, are excited but she's fun. to play with her, you know? And, like, DPS is, like, a lot less... It's less responsibility than, like, having to heal your team, right? Like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but on, on the other hand, like, Moira is definitely a healer. That's her job. <laughs> her primary is... fire is heal. Yeah, that's also true. That's also got me in trouble a couple times because I'll panic and be like, I have to shoot the enemy. Let me spray healing gel on them. Oh, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. And then uh, I think the only other game I put some time into was I'm trying out that new Animal Crossing Pocket Camp yeah! on, the phone, on mobile phone. What's going on with that? Boy, that game looks better than I thought it would. Like, that, looks, that game looks pretty good. Uh, it'll kill your battery, I'll tell you that, though. Oh, I thought you meant like it looked really good and now you're playing it. Like it looked better than what you got. But you're saying it yeah. just is like a really pretty game. It's just like it looks like the 3DS or the GameCube games. It just, Whoa! It's a really good looking game. It's doesn't have a whole lot going on in it, I'll be honest. But Animal Crossing never really has. Uh, so I'm curious to see like how they'll keep this game going. How does how does it work as far like do you pay for it and it's just yours or is it kind of like microtransaction via Animal uh, Crossing? This this one has you can buy. Uh, tickets with like so you can go to their microtransaction store and buy tickets and those will help you like it'll let you build items faster you can open up different uh like you can open up like crafting slots to craft more things at once mm -hmm. uh you don't have to do you don't have to use any of these things they're really just to like speed things up so uh since i'm just playing this very casually i don't really need it i'm not entirely sure why anybody would need it need like i need that sofa like right now hmm okay so okay. yeah it's been pretty fun i've enjoyed it very cool very cool but yeah that's been uh that's been my week weeks uh, i don't know when we last recorded it's it's your that's... update it's it's your it's your podcast update <laughs> yeah it's the podcast update uh but yeah Z good shit adam Mm-hmm. very good zach zach did you have a week two or right. multiple weeks I did. I did. I had. There were many days between now and the last time we recorded, and I'm going to tell you about all of them in sequence. And each is going to take up about five minutes, so this is going to take up the rest of the podcast. Um, oh, if you do want to go sleep, no. then yes, <laughs> then that. I've that's always fine. wanted. I've always wanted an episode <laughs> of just Zach's week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe not. Um, so uh, my week has been pretty cool uh went to the same parties as most of the rest of these guys we did there was the potluck thing there was oh i got also got to try out my uh i got to try out my magic the gathering deck i had made like a spirits deck and i think i talked about it last time and i got all the pieces together and i played it and i did better than i thought i did a number of ways and i got used to the idea like well not used to the idea but i I learned that I need to play test it more, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> like back to I, the lab. I did relatively good, and I played well uh. against the people that I played against. But I noticed that like I need to test this more, and I found a couple of card options that were like, "Ooh, I wish I had that in my sideboard." Like, uh, th there's one card that could basically give all my creatures vigilance, and in Magic: The Gathering, vigilance is really useful, especially for creatures like when I'm playing as aggro and I'm attacking a lot. Vigilance is helpful. Uh, and so I'm like, oh, that's a great sideboard option. And I just didn't, I didn't have it on hand and I'm really tempted to go get it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, mm -hmm. so that's, there's, there's that. Uh, and then I, I too had three different Thanksgiving time meals. Uh, well, basically one was up at my mom's place, one's here with my dad. 
and then I had the big potluck, so I ate like three different times. I did not eat the fourth time for your birthday because I wasn't there for that, though. Oh, I know. No German food for Zach. I know. I didn't got no German food, but I did go to a dinner party, mm. which I guess counts. Mm. Mm. Uh, it'll count. Yeah. It, it was a tangential celebration. <laughs> In terms. Oh, and the last thing before I get to like game games is uh, I got a christmas present from a friend of mine who like literally sent me a facebook message and was just like here it's like hey you're gonna get a present in the mail and i was like uh, uh okay and so it came and it turns out it is a book called how games move us emotion by design uh Ooh. by katherine katherine by katherine is bister i bister i don't know i, don't know. I can't say names you, properly so i'm you say it however you need to we'll just assume you're right yeah it it looks really cool and i really want to read it and is that a face? Sorry, I just scrolled through this. Oh, there's anime faces, anime dating sims. Um, that's gonna be a topic of discussion in that book. And now I'm like very confused, but very interested. So, <laughs> More so than he was previously. I well, I I, I mean, I was expecting the, the normal sort of like the Sims and things like that. But okay, we're gonna go into the Japanese dating sims for emotion by design. Let's see how this goes. Mm. Uh, mm. but yeah, and but in terms of games that I have played. I have been playing, I, I, well, I played some Overwatch, and I think I played some Borderlands 2. I might have played that between the last time. But well, most importantly... That, that's, no, no, hold, hold up, hold, hold up now. Zach, you usually, like, flop around between some Final Fantasy, some Overwatch. <laughs> Borderlands 2 is not, it's not a recent game. Yeah, it's actually quite what the old. up with this? So, What's going on? <laughs> so I was talking to my RPG group, and there are four of us in that group. Like, my, my Wednesday group. And we basically were all like, we're, we're currently playing an Apocalypse World game that's partly inspired by Borderlands. And mm -hmm. so, and so basically three of us have played Borderlands too. And one of us hasn't, but he has the game and he has, and he has one of the DLC characters, which is like, all right, because a friend of his gifted it to him, I think. Mm -hmm. And so we were just like, oh, wait, you haven't played Borderlands? And he was like, no, I haven't. And so we were all like, well, now you have to play Borderlands. And so we're planning on it. Like, I, I went on to Borderlands to basically test out that my Borderlands, like, worked properly. And so I played it for a bit. Mm. But we we plan on, like, starting the game from the beginning and just sort of and just sort of jumping on board and and, and uh, showing him the joys of Borderlands 2. I see. Nice, nice. And yeah. are you liking it? Are you enjoying it? Is it... Uh, we haven't started, so... Hmm. Sounds like they're just doing setup right now. Yeah, we're doing. Okay. We're basically trying to coordinate a time at which all of us will be available to play, see, which is see. a difficult thing. We can get Wednesday. And that's about it. Uh, so yeah, the last thing is I have been playing Final Fantasy 15, as both of you know, because I talked to you both about it. <laughs> Apparently, there's a boat. Um, there's a big important boat happening. There's there's a right. Okay, so. Adam, just just to tell you where I am, just to give you an idea of where I am. Uh, mm -hmm. I got to the quest where Iris wants you to go collect materials to repair the boat. Okay, that's pretty far along. Right, yeah. And I basically have stopped that to go side questing and putzing around the world map as much as I could. Yep, because yep, this, I, not, this also sounds right. Yeah, because I, I had a conversation with my brother around the time that I got to that point, and he was like, don't get on that boat until you're ready. Don't get on, like, don't get on that boat 
because he he basically said you don't come back. But I was like, are you sure about that? Um, there is a way you will come back to the mainland. But yeah, once you get on that boat, that's kind of it. You're you're like gonna start going. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, and so I've been putzing around a lot in that world map. Like, let me can I uh, let me tell you something. I am. I I have the ultimate weapon for my main character right now. Yeah, that sounds about what what I had happen. I uh I think I was like about midway through the game and I was already walking around with the Ultima sword. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm yeah. basically I'm gonna try and build the Ultima spear as well. What wait wait mm. what is what is the I I know about the Ultima sword just because it's in like every Final Fantasy done ever. Oh, so the the spear is basically just the max like you, you can upgrade your sword and the final upgrade for your sword is the ultima blade mm-hmm. but you can also upgrade a spear and right now like a crossbow and like circular saw and mm. i why do i have those two um so here's the weird thing about some of final fantasy 15's weapons um a bunch of the side quests say well how do i put this there was this thought that you would be able to upgrade your weapons and stuff like that but what it turns out is you can only upgrade certain weapons yeah, there's four. Uh, like the sword and the spear. But there's also a whole bunch of guns that can be upgraded. And I'm not entirely sure why they decided to do that. Like, I, I don't love know if the you idea found... of the Ultima gun, though. Like, just like this like little pistol that shoots off ultimate yeah. power. <laughs> like, yeah, the problem, well, the problem is that yeah, there is go... a pistol and you can't upgrade it. Yeah, a lot of them are like, there's the bio blaster, the, the sound gun. And you find oh, these, uh, you find a lot of them when you're doing... Uh, base busting stuff so if you didn't find him in there go look in there oh really i had no idea yeah the the big bases there's a, there's a couple weapons you can get and you can upgrade them okay and it's just weird because like why would you use these guns you're just gonna give them to prom i only i just gave yeah. them to prompto it's like well prompto certainly got a lot of weapons uh i'll just stick with my like three or four actually decent weapons i guess yeah so i that's what i did as well is i just gave it to prompto uh and he seems to be doing like a like, I, I'm at a point where, like, all of those weapons are all really, really underpowered. Mm. So I just, like, swapped out that at this point for just spells. And I'm like, all right, Prompto, you're going to be a spellcaster now. Hmm. Like, well, it's because I have a good spear for Ignis. And then I have a... And then a Gladiolus is a terrible spellcaster. I'd never give him spells. Well, he's all about the no. strength. Like, I thought they were kind of divvied up based off of, like, you know, party comp. Like, Gladiolus is your brawler. You're... Actually, actually... No, I there's, no, like, Gladiolus is a brawler, um, mm-hmm. and there's no real, like, distinction between the rest. Huh. Uh, well... Well, there is... So, Iggy is supposed to do, uh, those things he gets are supposed to be, like, marks and, like, for buffs and stuff like that, and he's also your primary healer, if you decide to skill him that way. Right, he does have um, that recall skill? He otherwise doesn't yeah. heal? <laughs> Abuse the shit out of that. That's a, that's a good one. What the the recall to call everybody? Yeah, in? where he, he he brings everybody together and heals them all up and like, damn, uh, I need does some it? free healing. Oh, does it heal up max HP? I think it's like half. I think it's like half your max. Ooh, that is um, very good. And then Prompto has your is your debuff because you can give him like different weapons. But Noctis is supposed to do just every a bit of everything. Yeah. So I I have you doing Mark right now because I'm trying to like get him to max level Mark. Hmm you know just seeing how that goes um like because i maxed out gladiolus's and uh prompto's like their their first ability uh first of all gladiolus's first ability that like sword swing i found to be really ineffective hmm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and his his like his, the one I gave him now is this like single target destroy this target, and I'm like that's perfect for Gladiolus. That's what I want him doing. Uh, whereas Prompto had this like actually Prompto's one it was like one mark off and it was stupid good. Mm-hmm. His fucking like piercer round. I was like holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This guy, this guy gets work done with this thing. I think the only thing I, I would have changed with the skills, and I know I've mentioned this before, is it kind of bums me that you can only hot select, like, a single skill at a time, because then I found you... I never used the other ones. I yeah, only that's... just used the one. Yeah, that's that's the problem I'm running into, is I'm, like, I'm trying to find, like, the right ability for each one of them. Um, and so I guess Iggy, Iggy on Recall, and then Prompto on his fucking Pierce around. Although I do have him showing the grenade, that uh, the gravitational bomb. <laughs> I don't think I ever Which... used that one. It basically it, it does exactly what you think. It's like a small black hole. Everything comes in and takes damage. It hmm, works hmm. sometimes, and other times it's not so great. But it's a fun ability to use, um, and it's 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 a really fun ability if I can pair it with a magic spell. But it's very hard to do that. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, like I. By the way, did you ever use the like king's blade weapons? The like the weapons of the kings. Oh, Armage, uh, the Armager, I think? Yeah, yeah the I've used, I've used it uh, every once in a while. Yeah, I never use them. I, like, I forget they're there. Wow, what what a friggin' idiot. Go use all your cool I blades just, and stuff. It's just so Drew, weird. remember remember how he has that giant ring of blades around him and looks super cool? Yeah. Z- Zach has decided to look uncool. Yeah, Zach, I decided to not use that. why are you doing the cool thing um, that was used to promote the entire game for years on end? Yeah, that one FM, that one like CGI scene where he has the ring of blades. It inspired a generation of anime fan art. I didn't even pay attention to it at all. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I've been having a grand old time. Um, I have not. I, I barely do any fast travel, so I literally will like auto travel to somewhere and then go do something else on my computer, which is very fun. Um, like and, podcasting. Uh, like podcasting. Not right now. It's not on right now. But okay. yeah, I've been doing lots of that. It's been very fun. Um, and like I, so, so something important that I kind of want to say, and sorry, I'm doing like a full review of this game right now. But I, the combat in that game is hectic as hell. Like I can barely follow what's going on. And or I, mm. I've gotten better about it, but it's really hard to focus target anything. It's yeah, like, uh, I can see that. And, and there's I a guess... lot of, and there's a lot of occasions where like Noctis, I, I will like, look to the target be like all right noctis let's go press warp button and then he misses and i'm always really frustrated when that happens because i'm like oh the enemy moved while i was warping and i don't hit anything doesn't connect Mm. don't do damage and i was like you know it's really frustrating i'm trying to think like you're the second person i've talked to that 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 had trouble with the combat like i'll admit the camera has some issues but i guess i never had trouble with it i always kind of knew what i was doing yeah no the thing is, is that i I don't so much have problems while I'm doing combat. It's usually not that hard. Although there are some encounters just out of nowhere. I'm like, why can't I hurt these bees? That bee um, is too strong. Like, yeah, no, sometimes I'll like hit an enemy and I'll see it's like weaknesses. And I'm like, well, it's not weak to sword. Why is it like not taking any damage? It's below my level. What the fuck is going on? B is too strong. Better buzz off, Noctis. Yeah. <laughs> I've also noticed that. <laughs> it's also it's also really easy to just, like bail out of combat. Like it's super hard to die in this game. Yeah, that's fair. It's like well. even even in the dungeons. Um, although I've been through all of the dungeons at this point, it is. Let me tell you. Uh, it's, so would it's, you, would you give it twelve recipes out of thirteen? I would give it 
I would give it 12 recipes out of 15. Well, I mean, but you're, but you're not done with the game yet. I'm not done with the game. I, I will give, like, a, a complete review once I finish this monster. By the way, am I near the halfway point? Mm, I feel you like... Should, you should be, yeah. Okay. Is is getting on that boat going to be the halfway point for me? Uh, That's kind of... Getting on that boat is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, By the way, so I, I spoiled myself a little bit because this is, like, locked off area in the open world. And I'm like, how do I unlock that area? How do I get to Vesper Pool? This is important. And I was like, oh, it's a later chapter unlock. Cool. Yep. It was just like, I, I just remember looking at it going like, wait, but if I get on the boat, I'm never coming back. Uh, But how do I get to this locked off area? Apparently, it's just when you come back. Uh, I remember being able to get there before I got on the boat, but I might be misremembering it. But good. Yeah. Glad to see you're, you're having fun with it. Yeah, I am. In, I am enjoying my experience so far. Prompto has taken many pictures and I have saved many of them. Hmm. And let me tell you, Prompto likes his fucking selfies. Gotta, gotta get them selfies. That is the meme. Zach, Zach, is there anything else that went down during your week that you need to let us know about? Selfies. Um, I playtested a game last night. For oh, that's else. right. That's right. That's right. We playtested a very good game last night. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it yet, though. We probably right? we can. Like, <laughs> like well, that's about as much well, as I can say. The, the fact that I know that this playtesting happened it means NDA has been broken. Uh, mm. not really. Well, when the men in black are at your door for this NDA, I mean, I we'll have to find so, we'll have to find more people on the podcast. Yeah, I guess we'll have to find a couple new hosts. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Away from NDAs and Final Fantasy 15 is apparently the greatest game ever. Um, this week's topic is games journalism. Hooray! Lightning Yay! effects, crackles, and lightning. A bit of confetti. Is this not the like most awesome and happy experience for you is this a problem is journalism a problem for you come on uh, i literally right. i literally started off with lightning and sparkle effects those imply happiness zach i, Do you I not don't like know. lightning and confetti uh, Do you not no i uh, hate it lightning and confetti uh, are just whoa, the signs of evil. you hate you hate the protagonist of final fantasy 13 and jubilee <laughs> from the x-men well get fucked uh, get- <laughs> Thank you for bringing up Jubilee. Yeah, that was pretty Yo, good. Man. Yo, man, nobody remembers Jubilee. I, I think remember. you do, apparently. Yeah, I remember apparently. Jubilee. Well, we've, we've gone off topic, but what the topic was games journalism, you say. <laughs> yes, games journalism. How we talk about games, how we report on it, how wonderful that particular branch of the gaming industry is. Maybe there might be a thing or two wrong with it. Who's to say? Um, but you know, it's our show. We want to talk about it. We're going to do it. And the opening remarks we got is just going around and asking where we get our gaming news. Um, you know, what 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 venues fill us with information regarding the hot stuff happening with digital objects? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, guess I'll start so- with this. Um, so I used to get a lot of my gaming news and stuff from game magazines and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, mom would take you shopping and you'd wander off to the book aisle and now and then I can grab like a PlayStation magazine or a Game Informer or something. Uh, I used to subscribe to Nintendo Power a lot and that's how I got all my Nintendo news. Oh, right on. Oh, that's, Those, right on. Yeah. Uh, I still have a bunch of Nintendo powers. What, what I would do somewhere is... Somewhere in my room. 
when I oh went my. to the grocery store with my mom is I would go to the magazine section and just like thumb through as many gaming magazines as I could just to like yeah because like I wasn't that... gonna buy them because like I didn't have any money as a kid so I was just like okay well I'm just gonna get to the part that I care about oh cool that's what's happening with Zelda this week and this was kind of pre-internet well not yeah. pre-internet but like I well I no, think I, it's before like the internet really took off for us at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I had a very similar thing was when I was younger in that I would like get a game magazine and then I would go like run through and I remember doing this on a few occasions is that I would like skip through to like the interviews with the game designer and then just like read everything that they had, like everything that happened in that interview. Mm-hmm. I had a I like even at a young age I had a very large obsession with just like following design news. Yeah, I think I uh, the thing I would look flip through when i got those magazines was like what's coming up kind of thing like all the previews for like right. what what kind of game is that coming up because back in the day like you know games just seemed to pop out of nowhere and you'd be like this game's out like what how was since when and then if you read the magazines you'd be like oh no this was announced like months ago and here's all the like the things we we're talking about it and here's like some talk about like the demo and stuff like that um mm-hmm. actually i so think I some d- magazines uh, correct me if i'm wrong they might actually have sent you a demo right like if you had certain subscriptions you'd get like I a think, little like, disc wouldn't you playstation magazine uh, did that um i think i think game informer did that a bit i remember getting one promo item from nintendo power where they sent me a vhs what the hell <laughs> they what? sent me uh i actually got two of these uh, they sent me a VHS promo, like, thing that was just showing off, like, whoa, check out all these new Nintendo games. And like, oh, okay. And it had, like, Donkey Kong 64, had Jet Force Gemini. Uh, and it was just like, here are all the other games that are coming up. To this day, I still don't know why I got that VHS, because it, like, I, I don't remember it being from Nintendo Power. Just, uh... that's so like a commercial comes up to you in the form of a vhs it's just it's pretty 90s to me is how it's feeling very 90s (laughs) um and then the other one i got was i got a vhs like whole video for uh majora's mask and like that was actually really cool because it was like how do i put this this was like a whole hands-on preview and like explanation of what the game was beforehand um it was almost oh, yeah. like getting a YouTube video dropped off in the mail before like YouTube was a thing. Mm. It was like, wow, this is so cool. That's when I found out about the Legend of Zelda gold cartridges. And I never... I think I did actually get a gold cartridge because I oh, I one. think I also got a gold cartridge for that. I, or one I, other game. I remember getting a gold cartridge for a game for Nintendo. I was I was a Dreamcast boy. What is a gold cartridge? Um, I think this was just for Zelda that I can remember it, but Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, if you pre-ordered the game, the first run of the game came with a gold-painted cartridge. Yeah, so so we did. did, Me and my brother had uh, the gold cartridge for Majora's Mask. I remember this because I lost it, and my brother got very angry at me. Like, this was, like, years and years later. (laughs) So, um... Um, Sorry, go ahead. But I was going to say, more recently, if I'm getting, like, game news or anything like that, mm-hmm. uh, I'm usually going to, like, a couple different websites and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you... I mostly go to Jamatsu, and uh, Jamatsu is about mostly Japanese games and stuff like that. Right, yeah. Uh, Silicon Era kind of has a little bit of everything. That's that's kind of fun. Um, hmm. I actually do go to I'll go over to Kotaku every once in a while. 
and check out what articles they have. Um, I'm actually finding they do a lot more like kind of opinion pieces and stuff, which is which can be interesting every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll go to uh, I I used to go to NeoGaf, but then but now NeoGaf has exploded and dead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, about yep. yeah about that. Uh, so but now it's mostly a couple different Reddit pages that I'll go to for like games I follow, and it's like oh what new thing is happening like what what's new in street fighter what's new in uh fire emblem or what's the fgc doing up doing these days so that's kind of my where i get my news from right on right on yeah i'm what about so you, for Zip? me like i get a lot of my news currently from cultural osmosis and by that i mean like just talking to people and learning about things that way uh because i guess like the news that i follow for gaming news by by habit it tends to be um i've been recently uh i've been doing listening to like jim quisitions podcast and his videos uh because mm-hmm. he's just very outspoken and he, he basically talks about the issues of gaming and that's i guess a little bit more of like where i'm focused on when i'm thinking about the news mm-hmm. and then sort of sort of going over the like you know what's the interesting aspect going on and maybe what's the thing to improve mm-hmm. uh, and i've also occasionally super bunny hop will put out like a video that's basically game news and I'll mm-hmm. listen, I'll like watch that if it comes up because I'm. I, I like to him. Super Bunny Hop. He's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. No, he's he's pretty solid. Uh, but but yeah, I I like don't tend to go to like the gaming websites, uh, just because, I guess like in my head I keep writing them off as like not mm-hmm. gonna like well, I basically just don't like, I don't want news on upcoming games that are coming out because like mm-hmm. I can just go look like I can just learn that a new game is coming out because i mostly talk to people who play games and so it's not that hard mm. for yeah. me to just realize these things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you're pretty hooked into what's going to happen right and and the other thing is that I, I don't like going to those websites because it always feels like what they present is very much the kind of like at least in my opinion and again i don't read them so i'm just being like baseless opinions here oh, no. but i I keep thinking that it like I'm gonna go on that site and it's basically just gonna be like corporate chills and I'm gonna be like why am I here? Why did I read yeah, this? I, yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> we have a later question about that and I'll kind of get into that since I since I go on those sites every once in a while. Uh, Drew, where do you get your news from? So for me, uh, I'm pretty similar to Zach. It's a combination of, di- of different outlets. Um, I generally like I like kind of like pundits. I guess is what I would call them. You know, like jim sterling or like uh let's play video games.com or just different websites where they seem to be it's kind of like i i want to go places where i feel like i'm not just sort of like getting an advertisement for a game even though i know there is sort of like a place for that as far as you know entertainment Mm -hmm. news is concerned like ign i talk a lot of smack about because for me it's you know reviews and previews and previews of reviews but you know i know people you know some people want that um for me, I, you know, it's like, you know, I'll get a few articles in my general news feed, uh, different Reddit boards I like to visit. Um, just general, like, trusted sources of, you know, if I need some information about, like, you know, oh, I want to know if a sequel's in the works. Um, I actually usually just Google to see if any news site or news outlet has anything hot and if it's from something that I could actually trust. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, an article that's like, will X game be announced at convention Y this year? Because those are yeah, most often those are a, lot, a lot of those are, the, are, like, the speculation ones yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, there, yeah. there was this rule I, I really I wish those sites would just have, like, a section that's not those. Can I just <laughs> not have the weird, like, bullshit, like, 
when is this game going to be released? And I'm like, I don't fucking care. They'll probably tell me the release date. Well, I mean, it, it it's that thing of like they know it's gonna get clicks because I'm I I want that information. Like I want anything that's gonna tell me about a new Devil May Cry in the works. I just want mm-hmm. that information, even if I know it's not really public. Yeah. Um, and then there's like this general rule that I, I like. It's a general one. I like to like I like to keep it in mind. Is like if there's ever like a headline that is posed as a question. It's generally a no and then a bunch of opinions. Like, like that's kind of how I feel when I see those kind of articles. But as far as, like, just my other news, um, you know, it's really is just, like, you know, I'll pop over to Kotaku or Polygon if there's an interesting article up. Um, again, different, you know, personalities, you know, here and there. Uh, just, I guess, like Zach said, general osmosis. Like, there's yeah. tons of sources. And, you know, there are some I, I... I find more credible than others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll throw in there as well, uh, as as well as like all the sites I've gone to. I'll also kind of like watch uh, or listen to some podcasts. Like uh, two best friends have a uh, a podcast, the Super Best Friend Cast that I've liked, and they usually do like a section of a bunch of news stories. Uh, mm-hmm. And that that's kind of that's been kind of fun. That's usually just an aggregate of a bunch of other stories that I may or may not know of to get an opinion on. Uh, you know, I've usually wa- I've watched Maximilian uh maximilian dude to mostly get fighting game news and stuff like that or opinions and stuff oh, right on. yeah i guess mm-hmm. i uh, i guess when we were when we were talking the game news I, I was like what websites but yeah definitely just a bunch of like youtubers and stuff like that or or podcasts as well i mean it, it's a strangely hard question because like in this age where you 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 generally just have a thing you want to know about and then you use a search engine engine to find out the things you want to know about and see if there's any anything that's like blinking about it mm-hmm. so it's it's almost yeah. misleading it um, well, and, and like for me for instance it's just like there's a video game chat in one of my online chats and that's probably where i get most of my game news from Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that leads us into our next question um which is do what do you consider gaming journalism slash what do you consider gaming news uh and this kind of adds in you know like is game journalism actually news that's always up for debates but you know i i genuinely believe that games journalism is a subsection of games news i have this weird distinction between it where like games news is just like any information that comes out in the game industry for any reason mm-hmm. um and that's just like any and all information that comes out like i, I consider journalism is almost like a higher standard than that and i'm probably not with the correct definition for either of these words but but journalism is more like uh a reporter goes out does research looks something up and then writes an article that's talking like an expose on a subject or mm-hmm. uh a, a or like talking about a thing that's happening and sort of like doing like a Mm. a full write-up on it um and then and this isn't really news or journalism but then there's also like opinion pieces which is a whole different article segment yeah but yeah and so i would what i would consider journalism or news is basically things that have been researched and vetted to some extent and uh try to be informative about what they're trying to show and mind you like Mm -hmm. your opinions are going to seep through even when you're just being informative but i think it's important to be like hey this is a thing that's happening like if it's just saying if if you're saying here's a thing that happened and here's my opinion to go along with it then that's probably going to be news that's that's news or that's journalism Mm -hmm. but i think if you're you're just stating like here's my opinion on this particular thing that happened then that's that's not really news if you know what i mean Mm-hmm. yeah i mean that that falls into like an opinion piece kind of thing mm-hmm. which you can call news because it is like this is like a, like 
maybe somebody like reported on it and came to this conclusion kind of thing. But I get what mm-hmm. you're kind of saying of it's not like it, news would kind of be like here are like these hard facts, whereas an opinion piece might be here are the facts and then here's kind of my take on the on mm-hmm. what came out. Yeah, like I would argue like yeah, takes yeah. on, you know, certain trends in an industry or like certain themes being yeah. explored. That that is journalism. Like, you know, you're taking a you're taking a look at a certain field and trying to give it a deeper dive or a deeper lens. Mm. Well, again, it's no. I think I it's a matter saying, of it, it's a matter of did you research it or are you just sort of like spouting your hot takes? Well, yeah, um, I mean, and and like, you, you to to be clear, there's a place for hot takes, but I'm just saying that like it's not quite the journalism realm. It's it's not the realm of like informing an audience. It's more the realm of here's a context for this thing from my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, well, I that's... guess that makes sense. That though. That almost sounds kind of like a uh, like I know Jim Sterling does like a, like a lot of hot takes and stuff oh, like he that. Does. Would that still be still journalism to you, or would that... you say that's just opinion stuff? Um, sometimes he breaks actual news, but yeah, he mostly lives in the realm of like hot takes and opinions. Yeah, and... I was gonna say I've gotten most of the time I've gone to like Jim Sterling or Super Bunny Hop is not to like hear uh, particular new information or news. Though sometimes he, they they have more info or they can add more context to it, but it's more of like, I want to hear their, their opinion or take on a thing. So mm-hmm. I, I, I it's think worth pointing out, he's also a kind of pretty much a comedian, right? Like he is a show. Yeah. He's like making it fun for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say that I agree with Zach. Like there is definitely a place for opinion and hot news and like hot takes and stuff like that. Uh, I still consider that journalism. Um, of course there, are, you can say there's different degrees yeah, of like how well researched or how well the argument is, but Overall, I think that is basically journalism. Yeah, no, like, the the reason why I, I'd, I'd be lenient towards, say, like, Jim Sterling or something is because I know for a fact the man does his research for all of his episodes. Like, it's... I The, the reason why I'm making this distinction is is because I go on to Real, Real Clear Politics, which is a website that aggregates a bunch of news articles, and they mostly mm-hmm. just link to opinion pieces, and I have very frequently clicked, read an article... And been like, this is an article from a fucking editor of a newspaper, and I have gotten no new information out of this, or no new context out of this. This is just you spewing your shitty opinions. Um, yeah. Or maybe, okay, you're, you're entitled to whatever shitty opinions you'd like, basically. And, and so I, I do want to make that distinction that, like, there is there is a pure opinion piece that's not really adding anything to the conversation. And I don't want to consider that to be part of, like, a news situation. Mm. Um, and yeah, like, it's Again, like it, it's it's useful and it's contributive in its own way, but it's also like if you're not like trying to add something to the conversation and you're just like, here, let me spew my opinion. Like, have you ever read an article by a politician about a subject? Because boy, that is devoid of meaning. Right, but I mean, we're talking, but we're talking like games journalism. I know so your thing would be like this person is just kind of put an opinion out on some game or something like that. Yeah, like um. If you took, if, okay, if somebody at EA wrote an article on Kotaku, like, if, if especially, like, if a producer, not, maybe not, like, a designer on the lower level, but someone at the higher level on the executive level, I would utterly ignore it, and I would almost, I would just wouldn't consider it news, because it's just, it feels like it's BS. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you, you like, if it's... wary of advertisement. Advertisement, well, yeah, exactly. like, sort of dressed up as news. Yeah. I guess, I guess my thing is, uh, when I was considering, like, what, what gaming journalism is, and, like what do you what i consider game news uh i'll agree with like zach's thing of like 
there does seem to be this distinction in games journalism uh between like news thing and then like an investigative piece which i think is just true of all journalism stuff right yeah uh yeah. like so game i usually consider game journalism to be games uh game journalism to me are stories about the games and the culture around it uh so like mm-hmm. you, there could be like there is a definitely a place for the stories that are like <clears throat> hey you know at this at this show at e3 they showed off a whole bunch of new footage for Monster Hunter World, and we're going to break down what what the new changes are, how they're different, and what they might mean, kind of. Yeah, thing. it's it's because because to me, like that's you know you're you're kind of breaking the news, but also adding some more context and backstory to it. Admittedly, uh, you know, then, it's I'm sorry, it it that is basically the C-span of gaming news, and yet many many people enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, think about it. That's how you get news out for for games like yeah. these kind of articles and stuff uh and then there are definitely the more investigative kind of like look through over like this is more about the culture of the games rather than just the game itself uh mm-hmm. like i've mm-hmm. seen a lot of stories about like uh the fgc or fighting game community and the stuff they go through like you know they're having some new ruling on some rule or esports is doing stuff or uh you know here's this story about the game development cycle for these for a couple of different games and like those mm-hmm. I've I've appreciated those ones where it's like this is more about the culture around games because I think yeah because oh, yeah. you're kind of right um, and I think Drew brought this up of anybody can kind of look and say oh did this new thing happen but I always find it interesting to be like what are the people doing with the game or or now that's come out um, now whether it's actual like what I consider actual news um, this is kind of what I was commenting back and uh, mm-hmm. I, I'll try I'll try not to go too quick so you can jump in Drew uh, I I do actually believe that. Um, a lot of what is considered games journalism really does feel like kind of promotions and ads. Uh, sometimes yeah. it's more blatant than others. And I think overall, um, journalism has gotten better about it. Like, I remember IGN being a really bad offender of this. Where it's oh, like, yeah. this ar- the article it. they... Yeah. Drew, I- I'll let you tell this your story about the, the countdown to the review or of the preview <laughs> oh, God. thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a story so much as a recurring trend that, like, really pushed me off the site. Um, it, it just, I, I would frequent the site and I would just start seeing all of these, like, it's not a review, it's not a preview, it, it's, like, countdowns to, hey, where is our review? Like, just mm-hmm. very blatant, very straightforward, like, Hey, pay attention to us while we give you this thing. Like, like treating, treating, reviewing, and treating like you know critique. Like, really, more is just like validation that yes, this thing yeah. has been you know like like we've heard about it, right? Like the idea that like you know scores are paid for, or that like a little extra money is going in to talk about something. And that's I think that's true of like all entertainment news. And Adam, you were saying something, and I I didn't mean to take that away from you. I'm just gonna finish up here and say like you know that's one of my bigger problems with it um and yeah i've got i'm just gonna i'm just gonna move back from there and address it later when we uh, no are and i i think i i think that's kind of the the the, the part of where like it, what is games journalism kind of thing is because a lot of it does feel like uh some articles aren't really articles they're just the statement that went out by the like the game and well i would uh, say said, I, I would uh, like it's part of the news like state like corporate statements are part of the news mm-hmm. um and and it's 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 important to have that is to have those yeah. statements and especially to publish them 
Um, it's it's more an issue of when they start doing opinion pieces, then then you have issues. Well, mm. I I guess what I what I would say to that is there's like corporate there's like statements about this is what has happened with our game. This is you know a new price. This is a new thing. That's this is an update for the public. And then there's we want this opinion out in the open. Yeah. There's mm. like I'm paying some. There's like hey cover our game have lots of footage on the front page of your website of this particular new game no that's like and we're we're getting into a future question but yes that is a significant fucking issue yeah i guess i was gonna say uh i'm kind of the i was kind of the opposite thing where like i actually don't mind the opinion pieces because i think like those kind of like i'm the kind of person that i go find the thing and then i'll try to find like the opinion pieces just to hear what other people are thinking so Mm -hmm. uh i guess to me when i look at opinion pieces i'm trying to figure out like you know how well researched or how well you know what what kind of background does this person have on it and that's 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 kind of i think sorry i was just gonna say like i think those are fine i guess to me the ones that are kind of that i see the most of is and i'll be completely honest i i still enjoy and still find those articles that are just like this is just an article about the trailer and here's what was in the trailer because sometimes you might miss stuff but it does feel like mm-hmm. that is a lot of what it is uh and even like uh you know youtubers and stuff like that when they have like game news it is literally just you know whatever statement went out kind of with, with their again opinion on it which yeah. can be fine but it feels like how do i put this it feels like they, they're more just like here's the statement let me let's everybody report on the same thing as opposed to people kind of looking for their own stuff now yeah i think there are some really good like investigative pieces like i remember kotaku did a really good uh write-up about destiny one and its development uh Mm. that was like here's kind of why destiny one had all these problems and that was a really good article like i i really liked that one a lot and you know it didn't really feel like there was any agenda kind of pushed by it yeah it's that's cool i like that i like that a lot yeah, no, I, and I love those investigative pieces, and I wish there was just, like, I wish there was a gaming website that just focused on just investigative pieces, but I know that'll never happen. Well, see, the thing is, like, mm. for me, I feel like that should exist, and that's, like, one of my bigger, like, like the question right now we're trying to address is, like, what do you consider game journalism, and what is it even actually journalism? And I think part of that stems from it being an entertainment medium you know film literature you know reporting on those sort of you know areas is always kind of like you know like no one's like dying or like you know it's it's arguable how much clout this really has Mm -hmm. and like i'm always like i'm always looking for stuff that does that deeper dive that actually does that communication and information you know especially transfer like especially when the articles are about how um how gaming will or or like a, a, an aspect of gaming or a company or something like that has an impact on the world around them i think the prob- that's probably like one of the high watermark articles uh is is just like being able to show that like well here's what this is doing and here's how it affects the industry and then here's how it affects us mm-hmm. yeah that's something i've noticed I, oh go ahead drew oh i was gonna say and like that for me i feel like i love seeing that when it's around and i would love to see more of that uh, one thing when we were kind of prepping for this episode, 
um there are certain news sites i go to and i was they always have like an entertainment section or an arts section and there will usually be a gaming section but they are noticeably more sort of shallow and less populated than anything else under that realm for these sites you know it'll be very blanket reviews it'll maybe be an opinion Mm -hmm. piece or two but it doesn't seem like there's that deeper dive into, you know, what are the developers doing? What is their lifestyle like? You know, what is the ramifications of, say, you know, moving to digital versus having physical discs anymore? Like, you know, that sort of stuff that I feel like there's genuine yeah, stories like we're... out there, but it... I don't always see it. I see a lot more of instead sort of the like... You know, what, you know, what's the Master Chief up to now? You know, when are we going to see new footage of Kingdom Hearts 3? And while that never. is news... You're never going to see it. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm part of that problem, right? Because, like, I do want that. I will go to websites and happily click and see, like, oh, do it. does Sora have a new hat? Well, Does okay, he have a new that's hat? Like, but that's not you being the issue. Like, that's, well, again, like... You could be an audience for that second category as well. Like, it's only if you would not read the long-form articles about, like, the deep-dive subjects that mm-hmm. would really I, I say... What I, what, I guess what I'm saying is... And, and, I, and I agree with you. It's like there's room for both. It's just I, I, I know that... I know that other people know what gets a ton of clicks. And I feel like a lot of the time, entertainment news and gaming news is geared more towards what gets them hot clicks versus right. what is legitimately about like the transference of information. Yeah. And I want to see I, more. I, I, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I just remembered this you right guys now. Move on. Uh-huh. What? I just remembered right now. Um, I really, really, really wish freaking kill screen was not so, a pay for site. I wish they Say don't again? have a paywall anymore. Which site? Kill Screen. They used to not charge you to read their articles, but now they do. And they used to have some, usually it was like, almost like art house reviews and sort of like opinion pieces. They didn't mm. do as much of the investigative stuff, but they definitely had a very interesting perspective. And they added a new context to a lot of different kinds of games that, that were out there. And again, I really wish they stopped having a paywall, but I guess they didn't make enough money. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so we move on to our next question. Uh, I, I think we've kind of, we've kind of, I think we've kind of gotten in this about uh, what are some of the problems in games journalism. I think I feel like we've probably covered uh, some of these, but maybe we'll, so maybe we'll yeah. just any other points or mm-hmm. or things that we might have glossed over. Uh, I mean, problems in games. So so one issue that we haven't brought up, and this is this is an issue with uh, the larger news media sometimes as well, is you can get a sort of like. Since, like, journalists in gaming news all talk to each other. They, mm. Like, they, by and large, converse with each other, especially, you know, they all work in the same industry. They probably go to the same, like, events and meetings and things like that. They all probably see each other, like, E3 or something. By the way, sorry, I hit my mic. But, uh, mm. well, I hit the pop filter. But anyways. Uh, oh, no. Podcast <laughs> ruined. I know. It's completely mm. destroyed. I'm so sad. I mean, like, do you need to put it back? Or no, it's going on fine. Um, okay. I'd, Drew, but, I think he was overreacting. I was overreacting, mm. yes. So the the gaming sort of like press all sort of chat with each other and they all sort of know each other. And so you can get a bit of a bubble that comes up with that. And it's just like we live in the age of the internet where it's really, really easy to stay in communication with these guys. And so I think mm-hmm. there's like like... I, I think that that is a, a a bit of an issue that comes up is that you'll get these sort of like 
uh i can't remember the term for this but it is basically like everyone will have the sort of like one person will say well this is what my opinion is on it and everyone's like oh that's a really good opinion that everyone oh like a like an echo chamber yeah there you go an echo chamber yeah uh Uh, that that is almost universally not just a journalism thing that's kind of a yeah internet thing but i see what you're thinking of like game like i see that happen a lot with game reviews it's this is kind of what oh yeah no definitely and it so so the reason why i bring it up is because like for reviews and for journalism in general echo chambers are really really bad um like because like in your like personal friend group if it's a giant echo chamber it's not quite as bad because you usually only impact inside of your own friend group Mm mm-hmm um but but with those sorts of circles being uh having sort of qualities of an echo chamber it means there's a significant issue like it means that like because again like you broadcasting your opinion to everybody else so your impact can you ground your your thought in an example um well i I have one all right if you have trouble with one yeah sure okay adam go so i remember when uh skyward sword came out skyward Mm. sword came out for the nintendo wii and at the time i just remember some website didn't give skyward sword like the perfect score and then everybody just kind of dismissed that one but if you go and read that review it actually has like some pretty decent critiques of skyward sword like Mm -hmm. why are there so many like you kind of go through the same areas the same time like there you literally do the same quests multiple times in this game and it kind of gets boring um and to kind of like what Zach was saying of because everybody was in this echo chamber and all of these articles were coming out saying, no, no, it must be great. It just took a while for people to be like, actually, no, this may not be that great. Yeah. I, uh, I yeah, have and so, definitely seen that. Like that sort of dogpiling of opinion where dude, it's like, Sonic right, does yeah. this all the time. <laughs> oh my God, what? dude. Uh, like think about this. Zach. Think about this. Oh, Jer- right. When a new Sonic game comes out, how many articles come out that say, is this, this is Sonic back? Is this it? And like every website will run some variant of this. Sonic is back. And then like weeks later, it'd be like, act. And actually, then, like, the same no, Sonic like, was actually it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like you'll see one week, like the week it comes out when like sales are supposed to be hot. It's like Sonic mm. boom's the greatest. And the next week Sonic boom isn't that good actually. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I guess to me, like, I don't see that with like movies or art pieces and so or like, I, like performances. I think it's there, but I think it's yeah. less. I think I think you're basically typing, talking about the hype machine of like, yeah, be excited, be excited. This thing's happening. This thing's happening. It's gonna be great. And then once the money is made, yeah. the real opinions kind of start trickling out. Right. Um, I, I guess and the... you're you're totally right. Like, I I don't think I maybe I'm mm. wrong, but I don't see the same thing happening with like you know comics or movies or even music. It's yeah. To kind of opinions bran- are a bit more varied. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to kind of branch off of what Zach was saying, of uh, one of the problems I have with kind of games journalism is that uh, they really do. I think I've made it very clear that a lot of these articles sometimes feel like ads and stuff like that. But one thing I noticed mm-hmm. and became very like aware of, I think when God was it Assassin's Creed Revelation or Brotherhood, um... I remember <laughs> like IGN having a bajillion ads for one of the Assassin's Creed games. Maybe it was like one of the Halo games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. I'm really kicking myself in the ass because this was years ago, and this is about when I stopped going there. And they just had all of these ads, and like they have exclusive stuff for it. Uh, and it was getting everybody hyped up on this thing, on this one game, and then it comes out, and the, like, the review isn't that great. And it was just like, mm. oh wow, that that, that kind of looks like you have egg on your face there, IGN. 
Mm. Uh, and I, I, I'm picking on IGN at the moment. Because I mean, actually, they, in that, the past, they've been kind of blatant about that. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. that highlights a major issue I have with a lot of like, it feels really wrong for a journalist organization to have ads up for the games that they're reviewing. Like yeah, that's, that, that, yeah. That yeah. feels really bad. Because <laughs> I, I remember, that's, like... There's a bad vibe there. So, like, if if Activision has paid you a ton of money to put a bunch of Overwatch ads on your website, then mm. how are you able to do, a, like, a proper review of it? Like, how is yeah. it not going to be completely colored by the fact that they're giving you money to yeah, advertise? I, I pick on IGN because I remember them doing this multiple times where it was just like the, their top banner ad is this game. You go to a different web page and this ad follows you for the thing. And just mm-hmm. like you guys are clearly like it can feel, you know, it feels like all of their stories about this game when you're seeing a bunch of ads on it are now kind of in this angle of. Uh, yeah, it, it looks it, tacky. Yeah, it, you know, it, it looks like you're not even trying to listen, hide man. the fact that you're getting money for something. You know? Right. No, no, it's it's not. A, it The issue isn't that it feels tacky is that it feels almost to an extent unethical. Like you clearly have been paid by these people. Like, well, that, that's it, what I mean. It, by it tacky colors the like... reviews. And see, this is the weird thing. I, I wouldn't think it's. I and wouldn't go so far as to say it's unethical, but I would say it definitely does kind of give you this odd opinion when you're reading like a review and the the reviews ad before it is like a site promoted but what, ad what I, for that game. What I'm saying kind of is if Activision is giving money, if Activision Blizzard is giving money to IGN and then IGN makes a review of Activision Blizzard's game, Mm-hmm. There is an ethical issue at stake here because money has been given and review has come out. Right. I guess I I can see your point, but I'm and saying I mean, that's like one is, of many reviews. This is my kind of thing. this is my personal gripe territory. Like this shows up for movies too. Uh, it oh, just yeah, yeah. feels it it has a really bad vibe to it, and I again no, that's and why I say it's ethical. I totally agree. Like it just doesn't. It feels kind of weird. Um, mm. Yeah. So you know, stuff's feeling like. You know, stuff feeling like their ads or uh, this kind of echo chamber hype machine like angle kind of thing. I don't know, but I'm always kind of curious. And Drew brought this up. Um, I guess I just I don't see this as often with other stuff, like, or maybe it's just not as prevalent with like movies or stuff. It just really feels like games, but that might just be because those are the circles I'm in a lot of. Mm-hmm. Are you? Do you have other other gripes, uh, other things that you that raise concern for you or make you a little, um, a little uncomfortable? A little uncomfortable with the state. Not of necessarily gripes, uh, and I, I at the behest of not of sounding like a broken record kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish there were more articles that would go in that would actually talk to like designers or game producers and stuff like Man, that. Man, I fucking of, yeah. I wish. Um, I, like, I wish I wish designers would go out like. You, you can go to Game of Sutra if you want to listen to, like, occasionally you'll get, like, an indie or somebody else talks about a system for a game that was made, like, five years ago. I'm like, can I just get a designer for the last, like, can I get a designer on Final Fantasy XV to talk about how they made a particular system? Mm. Because yeah, that would be yeah. nice. I guess I guess what I was saying is, is just, like, yeah, basically that of, like, it'd be really cool to see, like, uh, you ever been playing a game and, like, hit this thing of, like, why would they decide to do it this way? Like, I wish there were more articles of, like, that would be, like, no, let's go find well, the designer and see if they might oh, give us like, oh, some absolutely. insight. You know, 
yeah, the why thing do is, they do this? Yeah, the, the journal, it, it tends to be a case, like, and so you can go to Game of Sutra and get these kinds of articles, but it's usually the designer specifically is like, I want to write an article about this, and then they go to Game of Sutra and submit it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very rare for, like, a journalist to go out looking for the designer and be like, hey, designer, can you tell us about this system and why you yeah. built it and, and your thoughts going into this? And so, I, I don't know, it's, it's just, I wish there was more of it, but, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other thing, I, and actually, we should point out, Gamma Sutra is actually a really good like resource for like designers and you know the different artists to talk about the more technical aspects. Uh, and I guess I'm just kind of wishing that was a bit more uh, prevalent of like journalists to like want to go out and talk about that stuff. Um, yeah, because you know this is one thing I always thought would be kind of see people don't really like seem to uh, appreciate just like how much effort goes into like making some of these games and i feel Mm -hmm. like if more articles came out of like okay here's the here's the problem and here's why we finally made this decision or uh we were doing the qa cycle for this game and we had these bugs and you know maybe what our reasoning uh for why we decided to fix this kind of thing like those might be good and i think those be enlightening i can also see the but i can also see the reason they wouldn't want it because it'd be like uh because, you know, if you, like, pull the veil back, then everybody's kind of looking at it and scrutinizing it more kind of thing. But Actually, if you want to talk about... I sometimes feel like that might be necessary. I don't know. If you want no, to talk I, about... I agree with yeah. you completely, Adam. I, I actually think that's one of the bigger problems is just... I feel like what gaming journalism should be doing is at least communicating what's going on with the people making the games. And I feel like for all the, the think pieces and the why is this thing so bad or all the really hot takes, there isn't a lot of information about what goes into development that's talked about, you know? Like, yeah. uh, I think about... I Sonic 2006 happened, and it was this universally known terrible mistake of a game. There is no post mistake of a game. That... It gave us Silver the Hedgehog. <laughs> so, like I'm saying, mistake of a game. <laughs> yeah. but, no, but what I'm saying is, as a, as someone who watched that happen, watched that franchise kind of like grow and fall and all that, I know there is a demand of people that kind of want to know what the hell happened and. I cannot find a post-mortem about what happened with that game. And I don't know if it's because the mm. studio is being too quiet about it, if no one's taken the time to research and find it. Yeah. But there's no outlet for me to go to to find out information about how certain games were really built, what decisions were put into place. If they if there are a few articles, they are they are far too few and far too, you know, hard to find. And even if you do find them, they typically tend to be these very, you know, these very glossy you know happy pieces about you know you know hideo being so quirky and talking to the fans or something and that's Mm -hmm. all fine and good but i do think one of the bigger issues with what i want to see in games and what i'm not seeing in games journalism is sort of just you know talking about the industry aspect talking about how things are built talking about the people um i think um I mean, shoot, I, I know there are countless stories of, like, you know, designers getting, like, all kinds of nasty mail because of, you know, some weird decision that was made on the publisher's end and people not understanding the difference between Ye- being a programmer, an artist, and an advertiser. Mm. And, like, that seems like a fundamental thing. So here's but something it's... I do want to bring up, and this isn't mm-hmm. quite strictly about journalism, so now I'm going off topic, kind of, but... One of the issues that comes up with these journalism pieces, and probably one of the reasons why uh, game journalists don't put out these articles as much, is that companies tend to be very cagey about giving that sort of information away. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was going to... 
this is kind of that's kind of what I was trying to say at the end of my of my last statement of like pulling back the veil of I'm almost wondering if like journalists don't go out to find these things because then the like some like studio might be like uh if you know if we want to like have a good relationship with these guys we'd have to give let them see into like all these back end things and we really don't want that getting out kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah because you know, we talk about journalism and like wanting to know, but these companies and stuff do also want to keep up an image. And mm-hmm. if they keep coming off of like as incompetent or something, then people are going to like not want to look at those. Like, it'll be interesting to see like why they decided to do it. And it'd be good. It, like, it might be a good read, but it also wouldn't help that studio if they like, oh, we came to this conclusion. And it's like, wow, that was really, really dumb. It might actually have the opposite effect of having people like we might think it might be make people more sympathetic to a to a decision it might make them just more angry at it kind of thing mm-hmm. possibly i i think what it is is there's a paradigm of i know that i will get a billion clicks if i do an opinion piece on metal gear solid 5 or if i have a screenshot of metal gear solid 5 or 6 or whatever mm-hmm. we're up to now versus i might get in trouble and it will be very difficult to write an article that will get into maybe some of the more technical bits of that game and maybe the studio like you're saying doesn't want to release certain information about said game and so you're incentivized to do you know shallower news or like less informative news or less informative quote journalism and i think that's Mm -hmm. that paradigm's not good and i understand why it's that way but I think we're not going to really get a lot of really good information out of news outlets until we sort of change that up a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's it's an issue. <laughs> uh, one last thing before we move on to our next thing. Does every fucking, like, YouTuber who has, like, news have to be angry person? See, oh, um, God, that upsets me so much. Ironically, it upsets me. What do you know? Um... All right, that's I, the, that was my last problem with game journalism because I just see like, oh, here's this news article. Is this game the worst ever? Like, oh my god, no. yeah, <laughs> why does d- everybody go this angle? And I, I think yeah. that's just like entertainment in general. It's always the angry guy complaining is like a hot thing to do, right? Like, there's no shortage of people on YouTube like complaining about the faults in a in a well-established franchise. Yeah, it's it's gonna so basically it it'll get you those hot clicks, and it's also. A, the, the, like, polar contrast to what you're going to find on IGN where they're talking about how beautiful and amazing this game is. Yeah. 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 All right. So, should we move on to our next question? Oh, boy. Here I we go. I suppose so. Unless anyone's got anything else to say. No, Here we I'm go. Good. Oh, man. So, our last question for the day is, um, because games journalism is tied to the meme of what are your thoughts on the Gamergate incidents? Oh, boy. So, I, I brought this up because I... We, we were talking about this beforehand, and I brought up Gamergate, and I think I was the one who was pushing it probably the most to have us discuss it, and I did it primarily because it relates to me personally, and it's one of the reasons why I've paid attention more to games journalism recently. Mm. It, well, I want to be clear on, more aware. on one thing. Uh, it wasn't that we, me and Drew, and I think I speak for all of us here, but it wasn't that we didn't want to talk about it, is that, that Gamergate's kind of a touchy subject on some things. Um, right. I just want to, like, I think we had decided on this as a blanket statement, you know, kind of thing. That was kind of a whole big mess of a, mm-hmm. of a, of a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so let's, let's just cut to the heart of it and say that, like, the core, especially currently, especially uh, uh, what's going on right now, like, Gamergate as, as a core and what it ended up representing and what it currently represents isn't, it's, 
far less concerned about journalism than it makes yeah. itself out to be. Gamergate. Yeah, I think I think the thing Gamer we were going to say was is trash. It was garbage. That's all I got. Yeah, <laughs> but as, as Zach pointed out, and why we did eventually decide to want to talk about it is because it does affect like how some of the things that that came out about this so, did affect how people looked at games journalism stuff. So and, and so I, I I think I'm just going to go over like my personal story with it, and I think that might elucidate why I I brought this up and why I thought it'd be important to talk about. So. Before Gamergate happened, uh, and for like the first two months of it, I was barely even aware it existed because I just did not pay attention to games news at all whatsoever. I think I was in the middle of playing like Persona 3. I didn't give a fuck. Um, And so, or maybe something else, but I I kind of like heard about it and then I went and I looked it up and I I looked up a a number of different things that were going on uh, surrounding it and it got me to pay attention a lot more to like journalism and there was this like credo it was about ethics and games journalism and i kept going like okay so what's going on here and i started reading about it and it's not that like the incident itself like uh if you go back to the very very initial cause it is basically like a claim that the company most definitely had to investigate and they investigated it and they came up with a conclusion and that's kind of where the ethics side ended and mm-hmm. it's sort of like mm. cleaned up we're done but the the, the thing that I noticed was uh, the sort of, like, the tone to which many journalistic outlets took. I think it's pro- possibly, probably because it was, like, a direct pointing of the fingers at them. They were kind of like, you know, it's like, no, of course, you know, it's like, because they must have probably felt somewhat attacked. But because of that echo chamber I was talking about earlier, they all kind of put out the same kind of articles. Like, there's, there's an infamous meme that they put out basically the same title for their article, like 16 different organizations in the 48 hour span. Mm. Um, and, and looking at that, I was like, well, that's, whoa, excuse me. What happened here? Uh, cause it, it just like, this is it. It's very consensus. And like, it, it's not even like the similar kind of opinion expressed in, in multiple different ways or different angles. It just was sort of like a blanket singular statement. And I was like, well, wait a second. Isn't that, like, even if it's not ethics, doesn't that indicate something might be wrong? And I remember seeing, uh, because of it, there was a couple of, um, uh, there was a couple of, like, podcast panels that had, like, journalists on them, um, that talked about it. And I actually got to listen to these guys talk about, like, hey, you know, there is an insular nature to a lot of games journalism, and that can be a problem. And, mm. and there is like, there is something to discuss. Like, even if, if, if the thing that was being thrusted on is kind of bullshit, like there are issues and we can talk about the issues that exist. And, you know, why don't we take the opportunity? Like, and for me, I was looking at it going like, I, I wish they would take the opportunity to sort of do a lot of the self-reflection, but, uh, but yeah, the, the overall incident, especially wherein it concerns, uh, especially wherein concerns harassment and women and things like that. It, it flew off into bullshit land, but it sort of showed me that, like, oh, this is an issue. And then it showed, like, it had, I remember watching these videos of, of actual journalists talking to each other being like, hey, here are some issues. And it got me to be much more aware that, like, hey, there are issues in journalism. And it seems like even the journalists inside of that industry are like, I think there are ways in which we can improve. And so it made me more aware. It made me more, almost, almost a little more empathetic towards the journalists and, and more like, hey, you know, like this can be better than what it is right now. Because again, up until that mm. point, like I had completely written off games journalism and thought it was bullshit. 
because I got so used to just like reviews, 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 um, and just sort of like the hype cycle and all that other crap. So I was like, games journalism is kind of shit. So like, <laughs> so like when someone made an accusation that like there's an ethical breach in games journalism, I my first thought was just like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like because they're shit, they're terrible. Like, like why would I care? It, like yeah. why why would I think this is like exciting? Why are they so vehemently talking about other people in this manner? And and again, it, it granted a different matter, but it's it's also like like I was in a position where it's just like I was gonna take the opposite side because you people weren't very good at doing your jobs, I guess, or like not not doing your jobs necessarily, but sort of. Zach, like, you're you're hitting this dog thing. like like dog wine sound at the moment. Oh, I am. <laughs> yeah, no, I was getting really high pitched there. I'm I'm really sorry about that. Um. But yeah, it, I was, it, but it was like, basically as a genesis for me to be like, well, journalism can be better than it currently is. Yeah. And okay. I think overall I've, I've, I've found outlets sort of that have been better. Um, and I think because of this incident, I don't know if because of this incident, um, but I think it's gotten better from this incident as well. Yeah. Uh, no. Hi. Oh. Hi, I'm Drew and I have a stark contrasting. Opinion. Oh boy. Go for it. Wait, Go you for thought it. journalism <laughs> got worse after this? <clears throat> I think that journalism as a whole in any field is always in like it can always be better. That's like saying, oh, man, war is bad. It, it's such a blanket statement. I think that Gamergate as a whole, when you do a simple Google search, was clearly never about ethical dishonesty. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do feel like if you're going to address moral problems there are different ways to have it brought to your attention yeah you know that i I feel like it's kind of like saying yeah you got in a car crash but now you are so much more informed about your insurance policy like there's there's better ways to go about doing it and i just yeah of course really don't like it i really don't like it like i I didn't say i didn't say that the vehicle was a good vehicle i yeah i think most people would agree that like and i think there was a discussion to be had it probably i think this is kind of what zach is saying this was probably not the best vehicle for it to be delivered on and i like you're understating the living shit out of that one (laughs) drew i don't think anybody's advocating that this was a incident that should have happened um i'd say that there was definitely parts of games journalism that should have been that need to be looked at kind of thing uh that i think people were aware of I think this was just one of those things of it was this kind of perfect storm of all these events happened that it just kind of happened in this way. There were certainly, mm-hmm. hopefully, I think people were hoping it wouldn't it wouldn't have had to happen in the way that Gamergate happened. Kind oh of yeah, thing. no, of course. What I'm saying is that like what I'm saying is kind of like this is a terrible event that happened, but silver lining there was a little bit of self reflection going on in the game journalism industry. Hmm. Um, and 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 I say this, and sorry, I I say this because it's not like. Because again, like games journalism, as we talked about, have problems and they have very significant issues. Like, I generally still think games journalism isn't very good, especially compared to other forms of journalism. Like, mm. it it has issues that make it subpar compared to other journalist industries, and I think there are things that are blocking it that are keeping it from getting to that place. And I think again, the silver lining of that incident is. That maybe they got a little bit of self-reflection and they got a little bit better because of it. Hmm. Yeah, that's 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 a conflicting opinion. Adam, what's yours? Oh, uh, I was gonna say, you know, one, I I kind of agree with with both of you on this. Of that, the whole Gamergate incident was kind of bullshit that it happened at all. Um, 
I think I will say that at least when after all of this stuff happened, uh, it did make me more aware of just like, uh, how do I put this? I remember for a time after Gamergate came out, because the whole thing of Gamergate was that there was, or, or the the games journalism ethics thrust of that, of the whole incident was that one person was putting out an article that had this relationship with this, with a person making the game. Uh, and I think the thing that happened, that I remember happening after the Gamergate incident was... I believe... That a so lot of... Oh, hold on. Was that a lot of articles started and I think have now started kind of being expected to uh, be more upfront and like transparent of, hey, uh, you know, I'm writing this opinion piece. Full disclosure, I play tested this or I, I know this person. Like, I remember that was a lot that happened for a while after uh, like with a bunch of articles after Gamergate happened. I don't see it as explicitly, but I think that because they're trying to write that more into it. Uh, I, I know for myself, when this all happened, I remember I was made more aware of some of the more odd politics of game journalism and kind of culture as, as well of like the whole industry of just like, this is more going back to the ads thing of like, hey, you know, we're going to, we want you to do a good review of this game. So we'll give you preview footage of this game in the expectation that we might right. get a better review or more traff or more positive traffic. Yeah, that's sorry. That's um, the other thing I want to I want to bring up is it, it it did the same thing for me as as what Adam is saying. Like there there was an article that I read, I and I forget which site I read it on that was about uh the the like almost resort style that they were bringing reviews in for like for a Call of Duty game and how they were like bringing them in and giving them gifts and giving them helicopter rides and I was just sitting there going like what the fuck? And it's just an article that I never would have tried to pay attention to until mm. that incident happened. Now, again, and I want to be clear on this, just because Drew, you seemed kind of ruffled on this, is that I really wish that whole thing hadn't happened. Like that was kind of a shitty way for that this whole incident, like like question to be brought up. I I would know. I remember I was getting more annoyed with like some of the ads and stuff on it, but it was never, but it was never something I really actively thought about um, until this happened. So. I'm not going to call it a silver lining because I do think there were, there's probably better ways this could have happened. Uh, mm. Like I said, I, I think this was just such a weird culmination of so many different events that happened uh, that I guess, really, I think, has kind of uh, left a bit of an... I almost want to call it a bit of a stain on the games industry or at least in games culture kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where well, it's just like, definitely a you stain. You kind of know this like weird bubbling like tension underneath it between what people want to hear versus what people are expecting to hear kind of thing. What? Mm -hmm. how, do I, how do I put this? Um, sort of like there's, there's a tension between... Uh, people people uh, want to hear the good review of the game they want to buy, like, because Drew brought this up, of like a validation thing. And right. that so most people assume that's games journalism. But that's not really like almost helpful kind of thing. It, it just it isn't helpful to just hear only good things about something likewise it's not super helpful that when you're reading an article you have to have it in the back of your mind of is this person getting paid or or to like to say like really good things or is it because this person and this you know in gamergate's thing it was like this journalist and this game like indie game developer are they having some like kind of like deal behind the scenes kind of thing um i don't know i think it was a lot of bullshit how that all went down um mm. and, and just my thoughts on it of what happened to me after this whole thing happened was I was more aware of it, but I don't know. 
Well, we have addressed the elephant in the room, as we promised we would. There's an elephant in the room? There was. Um, my room is really small. It's... Um, oh, God, it's pushing on my back. Oh, God, oh. it's... it's You got the invisible one, didn't you? We yeah. all got, like, different fun elements. Uh, my elephant is, like, a really tiny one. There's an invisible one. And, Adam, yours is, like, an omnipresent force that you just kind of feel. Oh, man. I can, I can tell you right now, I can feel... I can feel the elephant flowing within me. Oh, uh, does the elephant empower well, you with wonderful design skill? Embrace the elephant. Let us all embrace our inner <laughs> elephant for our wonderful design club. Are y'all ready? Are I am ready? so ready. All right. Zach, are you also ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Do you feel your elephant? Uh, yeah, it's on my back right now. Can we keep going? All right, yeah. I like this idea of, hey, man, can you feel the elephant in the room? Like, no, I can't feel it. It's too strong. <laughs> Excellent. So today's design club, what could be done to improve games journalism? What could be done? You know, what I just realized, didn't we? Reporting? I think we basically answered this kind of question for each of ourselves. We kind of did. did. Yeah. We kind of did. I, I was literally uh, about to say, like, the thing I said earlier, can we just have a website that does in-depth investigative pieces? And that would be there cool. we go. <laughs> that would be I cool. think you know what uh, for the design this might have been a poorly thought out design club after after the questions kind of thing. Mm. Uh, mm. How would you build done, it? For How me would you build a news website? For me, if I could improve game journalism, like I said, I would make I would want to see more articles about the decisions I like made about certain games or the process of making certain games. Uh I think a website that like is more geared towards uh, kind of educating people about like what goes into making a game yeah, that rather than it. just trying to sell you a game. Oh yeah, no. I would take that. I would take that. Because um, I think that's kind of, that's for me personally, that's kind of what all boys down to. It just, I, I'm kind of getting annoyed at feeling like I'm always being sold something instead of, mm -hmm. what I, I, I like this game, I want to know more about it. Oh, you know, do you feel like some kind of consumer protection agency would be helpful, or do you feel like that might be just making things all the more red tapey or easily worked around? Oh hell, I don't know. I I think a consumer uh, protection thing could be helpful. Um, it, it just like, it has to be an organization right that's like not like tightly intertwined with industry concerns. Yeah. Like it it has to be a truly independent organization. Mm -hmm. Journalist Sans Frontiers. Oh, we can oh. make we can make literal what? like Metal Gear Solid style Outer Haven for games journalists. Oh boy! Actually, since oh, there will God. no longer be Metal Gear Solid games, we might be able to get away with that. That's right. Uh, I'm trying to think oh, what the boy. quote is. No, no website. No journalism. Only, only, uh, only news. <laughs> what? <laughs> no borders. <laughs> I like it. I like uh, it. But that's that's how I would improve it. Um, okay. Overall, I do think I'll take the more optimistic. Route. I do think games journalism is getting better. Uh, I just think there are things I want to see more uh, more out of it, kind of thing mm -hmm. that I think would really be more interesting to watch, to read. And I know they are there somewhere in the internet, but it'd be like that'd be more cool if it could be more brought up to the surface. Mm. Well, mm -hmm. you know what that that makes sense. If only um, we had some kind of podcast vehicle. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we'll improve journalism I mean, by having a hundred podcasts. Are we gonna have? Oh, God. oh, are we? Are we making a promise that at the end of a hundred podcasts, at the no, end of a hundred no, podcasts, actually, the all... gaming journalism will be better? We're making that promise right. right now. Oh, okay. I thought I thought we were gonna make a promise that we'd like write an investigative piece. Uh... I, that's a bit much. I'm listen, Zach. <laughs> I may want other people to investigate. I myself am horribly lazy. 
Yeah. Mm. Uh, so are we, Drew? All. Zach, did you have? Did you have anything more you wanted to add to the design club? I, Sorry, I folks, think... for listening. Like for who are looking forward to the design club, we kind of uh, answered this one with the whole conversation beforehand. Yeah, it's true facts. We it's were just basically facts. like, as we were describing the problem, it became clear what solutions could be. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it wasn't as detached guys, as it usually is. Yeah. If you guys are all done, I have some not hard hitting, but a follow up to a our last podcast. Are you ready? Oh my right. God, Zach! It's the promised in depth piece that we just talked about. Oh, that's Adam, right. Make news better. That's right. I'll I'll make my own games journalism. So uh, last last episode, uh, we talked about loot boxes. Everybody remembers loot boxes, right? Yay! Uh, yay! So you guys went dead silent. I guess loot boxes. We did. <laughs> we did, in fact, talk about loot boxes, Adam. Yes, I remember this. I don't know why I'm Good. talking in an angry voice, but you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Cool it with these cool facts. So one thing uh, that uh, a friend of mine brought brought to my attention is that when I was talking about loot boxes in the previous episode, uh, you guys remember I talked about how certain loot boxes will show you the rates for stuff like that. Uh, I did not, however, disclose why they have to do that. Uh, so in games like in places like Japan and China, the reason they have to show the rates for stuff, uh, like when you're pulling, like doing a gachapon thing or a loot box, the reason they have to show you the rates is because if they show you the rates, it's uh, it, according to their law, it's not gambling because they've already told you the full odds of you getting the thing. Oh, that's some weird excuse. Uh. Say what you will on it, but, like, when you're gambling, you know, gambling's supposed to be, like, fully random and stuff like that. If you know the odds and the whole rates on, like, this is, you have this thing, you already have all of the information that they can give you on that thing uh, to, for you to be like, I want to make this poll and see if I get what I want. Uh, so that was some, that was something that a friend of mine brought up of, like, hey, you didn't actually say why they had to. Uh, which ties into the next bit of news on this. Uh, so... About a day after we recorded our loot box episode, the it came out that Belgium was has decided, hey man, uh, we're not so sure on these whole loot box things. We're gonna investigate if they're gambling. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They what? totes did. Well, they, okay. Dear. To to clarify, the there's there's a guy in the Belgian government that's going to the EU that's saying like this is gambling. The yeah. organization, there's like the gambling, I forget what they're called, but it's basically like the their group that regulates gambling in Belgium is also like, we're investigating this. Right. But I don't know if you saw this because I remember reading this article about this is that the group in Belgium that was looking into whether or not loot boxes were gambling decided that, yes, they were gambling and they were looking to have loot boxes uh, in games banned from like the EU kind of thing. That was what they were after. Mm-hmm. uh again they were hmm. citing that because this they are fully random there is no it's just a random draw there's no uh transparency of the rates of stuff like that because and, and all uh, of this is kind of coming out of the battlefield to right craziness. Yeah. if i didn't know this before, is coming all right yeah battlefield 2 sorry uh if i didn't mention this before this is all due to star wars battlefront 2 and ea's whole big kerfuffle with uh loot boxes so belgium is doing its thing they're bringing it to the eu uh, to see about getting those banned. Meanwhile, Hawaii and Australia, the state of Hawaii and the, and Australia have decided we are also going to look into this matter and we are going to see if uh, these are also gambling. Uh, they'll have their decision at some point. 
this is all kind of capped on the fact that, and I, I can't remember if we talked about this in our loot box episode or not, but there is a high possibility that due to the massive backlash from EA's handling of the PR and the loot box system and the kind of the bad publicity it's getting, that EA mm. might lose the exclusive deal it has for the Star Wars license. That's... Ooh, doggy! That's, um, that's something. So the mouse is all, not happy. This all acu- like culminates into this one particular question. Did EA fuck up loot boxes so bad that they ruined it for everyone? Adam. The, Adam. The answer might be yes. So I... <laughs> There, I forget what board it was from, but there was this one quote from one of the investigators who their official stance was that Star Wars Battlefront 2 was a Star Wars themed casino for kids. And yeah. like, that's, something about that's the that Hawaiian, the, the guy who was talking about it in Hawaii talked about mm. it like that. And, and that's, that's one of, that was one of Belgium's uh, kind of reasonings. You know, one, you have no idea the rates, the, the company can change it at any time. Two, the, these are things being, uh, that are trying to entice kind of uh, gambling or random draws in kids' games. So, or they, and they're being advertised to kids and stuff like that. So, uh, I just wanted to bring that up because it was, seemed really topical for our, the last episode and we missed it by literally a day. So, so well, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we, we can predict the future is the big takeaway, really. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'm surprised that we had a topic that was really topical. Yeah. Hey man, it we was... we pulled out the loot box of topics and got a rare draw of this is a week ahead of time. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well then, oh, Adam, is there any more loot box related news or is it time for everyone's favorite time of the week? I think well, I mean... I'm ready to toast and pour out. Yeah. Mm, all right. Uh, Toasts and pour outs. Yep. Anyone got yes. toasts and pour outs? I, hmm. I, I have a toast. Mm-hmm. I have a toast to Thanksgiving dinner that was really mm-hmm. good. I have a pour out for my stomach who was not ready for Thanksgiving dinner. I ate oh, too dear. much. Oh, man. Oh, Can I just, like, join you in that toast and that pour out? Yes, yes. Drew, yeah. do you want to get on this toast pour out combo? Uh, I, I think I do. Let me just... Yeah, I, uh, oh, I did it. I drank it and it's all over the floor. I toasted it and I poured out. Weird how he toasted and both poured out at the same time. Yeah. Oh, How would that uh, work? Would you, like, try to drink and just let it, like, dribble down your face? Yeah, yeah. It's what you do when it's, like, you're trying to drink some of it, but it tastes bad, so you just let it fall all over your shirt. So it's a <laughs> toast and a pour-out. Uh, now do I have any other toasts and pour-outs? I have a toast to Adam, because it was his birthday yesterday. Oh, boy. Happy birthday, Happy birthday Adam. Yay! Hooray. I did it. Uh, yes, Zach, you got any? You got anything more? Uh, no toast or pour out. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, friends, now that we've talked all about journalism, I think the one thing that we need to see in more journalism is more lessons of the day. <laughs> Zach, well, report on me. Report for me a lesson of the day. Hey there, everybody! It's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson: If you're feeling very sweaty and very angry, it's time to put down the controller. And that's the lesson of the day. Thanks, everybody. Well, thank you, Zach. That, that break, this breaking report coming to you live from Nitwick. <laughs> Just some helpful advice for when you're playing Bloodborne Wait, and it's going bad. It's our PSA. It's a PSA. <laughs> our PSA. That's all of my lessons are PSAs. But it's more topical I, no, no. this time. Uh, 
Okay, folks. Thank you so much for listening to this here Nitwick episode. If you like us or have anything wonderful to say, you can come and reach us at teamnitwick at gmail.com. That's team N-I-T-W-I-C at gmail.com. Um, if you like it, then by all means, write a review on your podcasting vehicle of choice. And hey, you know, leave a comment if you're feeling antsy. Even share it. Um, this week's music was by the lovely pro leader, as tends to be the case. Next week's episode is a mystery, and you're just going to have to wait to find out what it is. Torb. It's a mystery to everybody. Even us. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Adios. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.